Welcome to the 440th consecutive week of Cinema PsyOps. I'm your host, Court, the guy that can't believe we've got two Emmanuel films that barely actually feature anything new and or Laura Jemser herself, and am super upset about it. And joining me in that serious disappointment is my co-host, Matt. We ended on the wrong movies. <laughs> I like to go in order of release of the films whenever the films are supposedly uh, released. Yeah. That's... The wrong son died. <laughs> wow. Um, that's that's really weird that you use that because uh, this week I think I put, yeah, I have some Johnny Cash on. <laughs> on this week. That's really, really fortuitous. There's some Johnny Cash. That is. To close that's good stuff. Yeah. All right. So let's just kind of dig around the the, the bit of what's had to happen here. Uh, we delayed the recording by one day because you and I luckily both have uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day off. Uh, well, I have the daytime off. I, I don't have the nighttime off, unfortunately. Well, okay. We have our, from our normal But I got to sleep fibers. in. Yeah, we have our yeah, normal nine to fivers. Nice. Right. Yeah. And I was going to do this on Sunday. Uh, we were going to do it on Sunday and like I kind of wanted to delay it and then I was going to do all my notes on Sunday, but I wasn't going to be able to do that because of the insane cold snap and I'll have the whole entire story when our story time actually hits. So I'm not going to go into it too crazy, but I mean, depending upon which app you had on your phone, we reached temperatures of like negative 24 Saturday night. Yeah. And then, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't fun. Yeah. And then, uh, in some areas anyway, we were definitely going to be reaching yep. that. And then in other areas, we were around negative 19 to negative 16, depending upon your location and where you were at. Uh, now ordinarily weather, yes, does get very, very cold in Omaha, but, uh, those negative temperatures, yeah, this are, is, that's too, that we're not it, used to that. That's not normal. No, this, this is different stuff. So this is, uh, this is not, this is not what we usually get. <laughs> right now I will go into why I had to do it, but, uh, this type of weather was not good for my older built house. Uh, it was built in 1959 and everyone will probably figure it out when I tell them that it was built in 1959, but, uh, I had to do some emergency maintenance this week and that's my story time. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> but we'll get to that when we get to that. So this week we're talking Emmanuel's Perverse Outburst and uh, just in the infants. Uh, in the interest of brevity and just to get these fucking shows out of the way for everybody, including the listeners, let's just go ahead and get to it. <laughs> yeah. Save the, the actual pablum, uh, for the, pirate, the drama for your mama. Yeah. For the pirate radio edit this week, I kind of get a bit petty because the first song, um, and the last song are about how this is just essentially a clip show or a highlight reel of a film made up of all the other ones, as I mentioned before. So up first to basically be that little petty is the song junior Brown, are you just cutting up? And that will be right after this. This'll keep you quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You call me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for $5, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room. 
cut off Junior Brown at his best, which is his guitar or get steel solos that he does in the middle of the lyrics and things like that. But uh, unfortunately, right. it is what it is, and we got to do what we got to do, and that's got to stop the song, unfortunately. Uh, that's hurtful. Uh, can we just listen to the song for the podcast? Uh, well, we certainly aren't going to have any clips this week because this clip show was in fucking French, so let's just get <laughs> after it. It's a weird way to go about a clip show, but I like that. <laughs> yeah, well, Emmanuel's perverse outburst, a.k.a. mostly pieces of uh, the Deadly Black Cobra reused just like the pieces from what Matt did in Emmanuel and the White Slave Trade, was it? Or no, it was the, I forget what you're Something like that. Yeah, it was one of the other ones. This clip show starts with a barrage of scenes lifted from previous Emmanuel films, including ones that we have already covered, as I mentioned earlier. The main scenes of fucking from the one where Emmanuel got help from that flight attendant lady and they fucked a gangster together so it's whatever that film is i'm not sure exactly what it was matt and i have already kind of talked about it it immediately cuts to the cigarette lighter camera scene where from the white slave trade movie i think it's definitely the less gross one of the two that's for sure yeah i believe it so yeah we hear a door click and then there is a hard cut to the two of them escaping the first shots they snuck in of the mafia guy's house and somehow we are supposed to believe that this is all the same scene without connective tissue. So essentially yeah. it's the two ladies fucking the gangster they show at the beginning and then they try to make yeah. it seem like she went and snuck photos while uh, the other lady was keeping the gangster busy supposedly even though that's from the scene where she goes and snaps photos of the records. It's all just a clip show. We, If you've seen the other movies you know where these come from so i'm not going to do it too much but essentially they're just jumping around and they're not trying to film additional connective tissue to make this work they're literally counting on the dialogue to keep you going throughout all of this and it's extremely frustrating so i'm just going to barrel through it and show you what was on screen and try to explain what it is that they tried to explain yeah let's not keep trying to bring up like which place of each movie this is from we're all just well aware that they just took a bunch of clips and said fuck it we made a new movie yeah it's primarily the whatever the Emmanuel and the Deadly Black Cobra where she's a dancer, some pieces of the white slave trade stuff, and then some of the uh, previous one where uh, she runs down the... No, it's all it's all white slave trade stuff. It's the one that's the less offensive of it. But the yeah. one thing I will say about this is they at least stay away from a lot of the really gross sex, and it's mostly just a highlight reel is what I end up realizing later on of the sex scenes that you can actually enjoy. And I'll, I'll get there in my notes whenever I get there, but I just wanted to state that up front. So, yeah, we don't, up. I, if I mention it in my notes, if I recognize the pieces of it, I'll mention it. Otherwise, I'm not even going to try and figure it out. That's just a that's good idea. This episode, and we're not doing that. <laughs> no, we're not pandering here. We don't pad. All right, we 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 do tight, concise work. Through some type of dubbed in French dialogue, there is a discussion about them finding evidence of arms dealing instead of prostitution this time, or white slave trader flesh flesh peddling. I guess. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's stuff. All right. And because of this evidence that they're finding of arms stealing, they're deciding that that can be used to extradite this particular guilty party. But let's face it, that's all bullshit is this is just a clip show and we're not fooling anyone. Okay, I I bitch about this a few times in my notes, so I'm sorry, I just do. They're supposed to be off to the airport to pick up money or they're trying to intercept money or something that's going on next with this deal. 
But first, they need to go get cleaned up at the flight attendant's house, quote unquote. So we get a replay of that shower sex, which is redubbed to change the story a little, but the same fucking is still on screen. And I, hey, and that's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and here's where I mention it. One good thing about this clip show so far is that it took out all of the rape of the other film and left you with a few of the sex scenes from this movie that you can actually enjoy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I can thank the chopped up sex scenes for that. That's a fine movie. It even yeah, replaced right? that entirety of that sex scene quince of them in the shower, just completely. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Just uh, just let us let us have that. <laughs> <laughs> Inexplicably, they cut away from it by not letting us have that to the airport and then reframe this sequence in the money aspect as a bust of some sort when the cops grab the dude and the sale of the young woman is apparently Emmanuel's part in that she must document it. So they splice it, that flashback sequence of that realization of the flex flesh peddling inextricably like she's supposed to be following the guy around where he's dragging the woman around they cut from this to the car ride talking over of how this all fits together and that they work for the cia in some way shape or form and then they cut to a travelogue shot of new york from the same film and what is clearly a newspaper office and she has told more spycraft shit in what is clearly a newspaper office that leads her to the photographer from the same movie so they then cut from that to the sequence of the models and then emmanuel tells the dude she has photos it's mostly the same sequence except it's the dude being the target at the end of this thing, not actually being, you know, helpful in some way, shape, or form. He's just another target for her to hit. But yeah. they still get the nudity of all the models in there, so that's still kind of pleasant in a thank you movie. Yeah, it's not bad. He tells her he knows where she can meet him, and they cut to the sequence of her in New York walking around and trying to get the attention of the guy that she's targeting, which is all that same guy that is the dude that's played by her husband. So when she was trying to target the prostitution ring, that same sequence of her going through walking around pretending to be starving. The only difference this time around is the dialogue. The main guy is less of a prick about not eating for three days. He first asked her yeah. if, if that was intentional, if it was a diet, and she said it was money. And then he immediately is a lot more empathetic for her plight and, you know, is very happy to let her finish that. But anyway, the conversation is different basically in that he tries to ask her out and she walks away from him smiling, which makes no sense, but they just do it. <laughs> yeah, um, okay, there you go. They, they cut from that to the two of them in the trolley where she gets her assignment to send her to the white slave trade in the prostitute house. But in this case, they redub the dialogue where she's going to be working with him for a job still as the pair travel through New York. Then the film cuts to the shower and sex scenes between that pair. However, the bed fucking sequence of this married couple where he's supposed to be the bad guy named Steve is a little bit different and it seems like it might be an outtake or it's from a different movie that they just spliced together the sex scene. And it goes on for quite some time and it actually goes over and clips out to the end of the first 20 minutes. And we are through the first 20 minutes already. Well, thank God. Still took forever. <laughs> <laughs> Don't thank God. He had nothing to do with it. <laughs> this is all me. God damn it. It's just the same. You just let me live it. All right. Fine. But again, it's all 100, pretty much 100% the same movie, just recut with new dialogue dubbed over top of it to reframe it. Yep. Ordinarily, I don't have a problem with that, but this clip show is more ineptly put together so far than Ed Wood. Like, yeah, right. It, it's not well done. I'll say that. Yeah. I, it's weak. It's right, very weak. Right. I mean, at least with the Emmanuel, a woman from a hot country, which is a fucking clip show of them going back and forth with all of these other stories that we did as well. Uh, at yeah. least with that one, there was that wraparound sequence where they tell stories where the two of them are together and they tie these various sex films together. And yeah. it's it's not a problem to reuse footage for me. It's not a problem to reshow the sex scenes and all of that. 
it is a problem to try and convince me that what I'm seeing is heroin is actually microfilm when it's just a white <laughs> yeah, <powder>. right. <laughs> this is heroin. Well, that looks like microfilm. Uh, no, not at all. How dare you? <laughs> we'll get there when we get there. But also, like, I have a really hard time believing that the lady who is clearly dressed like a stewardess the entire time is just a spy who somehow is picking up money. But then it turns out that, no, they're trying to intercept money. But they don't say that in the dialogue properly. I don't know if it's just the subtitles for versus the French or, or what's going on, but clearly just based on the editing alone and the way things just jump around, uh, they just wanted to make a highlight reel very loosely put together with a new dub. That's all that's going on yeah. in this film. And uh, the first 20 minutes makes it evident. And I'll tell you what, my heart sunk watching this. I'm like, God damn it. No. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Let's just barrel through. What do you think? Every time I hear spy, I always want to go spies like us. <laughs> Which is somehow slightly less of a clip show than this. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, it's all 100% shot stuff on spies like us, but it just feels so like non sequitur the way they put that together. <laughs> all right let's just move on what do you say yeah let's go all right so the second 20 is still during that fucking sequence but then cuts to laura jemsner's character walking new york in her outfit to ensnare the guy we see him walking up to his stoop where she is waiting only to discuss business i didn't recognize this from some of the other versions of the films that we've been watching so i don't know if this is new reuse footage where this even came from but it's the same characters the same outfits so it must be the same portions of the yeah. screen that we were of the, the screen time that we were talking about he talks about his major evil conglomerate that he's a part of and that he works with and he is apparently sending her on a super secret mission she checks in the film does a travel log of them going to an asian nation complete with racist music they chat about her doing her thing and then it cuts to the first sex work job she is assigned by this i suppose flesh peddler but no he He's getting her to be a Matahari for evil, I think, is what they're trying to explain. Yeah, it's not like cool. that. But regardless, we see Laura Jemsner getting under the table handsy with the lady as the boss man watches. You'll recognize that from the movie that Matt talked about earlier, which was another part of another movie from another movie from another movie. In another movie, in another movie, in another movie. This sequence is different in that it is also complete with a racist stereotype theme music in the background. It's very offensive. Yeah, it would be a Laura Jemsner sex film without it being a little bit racist. <laughs> That's fair. That is tends to be the thing that we're going through. All right, so it cuts from that to LG undressing, never a bad thing in my point of view, and changing into a pink nightgown. Yeah, no. For whatever reason, she is fantasizing about the lovemaking that she just had with that lady and touching herself again, complete with racist stereotype music. That's the only thing that makes it uncomfortable. Otherwise, it's all really actually pretty entertaining to watch it all again, surprisingly. <laughs> she is next assigned an American woman who I think is from the Bangkok movie, which really should be an excellent source of some sex scenes if they choose to go there, but they don't use that. I think it's still part of the initial sex trade thing that she was uh, involved with uh, investigating. Um, yeah, I think so. Emmanuel and this American woman who is an agent of evil who supposedly can't be trusted, so Emmanuel does not trust her to change into a bikini on her own. That's okay. I mean, you can't trust her to turn... She should probably be watched. <laughs> Then the film cuts to that vibrating massage sequence of the two women, and I am not mad at that and having to watch this. And maybe it's more of a highlight reel than a clip show. I'm getting less upset about this as I'm starting to see the parts that I'm enjoying showing up. So I'm okay. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's, it's not terrible. <laughs> this finishes, and the ladies talk about how Steve is having Laura Jemsner's character that's called Emmanuel in the dub, but is clearly not supposed to be Emmanuel, on this blonde lady, and she kind of knows it, so they chat about how she is about to turn 
turned snitch and is in danger of being killed. Then we have to watch that snake get skinned alive and then finally chopped up, cooked, and then served to them. For fuck's sakes, why even bother doing that other than for the shock is my guess. Yeah, pretty much. The ladies munch the snake and it cuts to more talk of her danger and disloyalty. Laura Jemsner's character says that they are going back to her house to help her relax. And we know now this is from the Deadly Cobra and the fuck scene where the lady gets killed by the Green Mamba afterwards. But it cuts from that before they can do that. And after the pair are done, showering together is what we end up seeing is them showering together. I'm assuming they just had sex, but whatever. And then we see Steve for them. We see Steve, the killer guy who is going to unleash the Green Mamba into the room in any other version of the film, just watching them for his own edification, which is totally understandable. I mean, if you can watch the ladies go after it, why not? Yeah, right. No kidding. Make sure you have their consent, though, of course. Yeah, yeah. All consenting. As long as there's consent, we're all all right. All right. It cuts from this to the pair having a meal and talking about how the blonde American realized she was a lesbian and how she is going to release this microfilm or whatever, and that Laura Jensner will join her in America after this mission is over. That leads to the end of the first 40 minutes. Yeah. All right. We're just cruising. How long was this one again? This I, was, I forget. This movie was an hour and 37 minutes. So we have okay, one more yeah. sequence to take us to an hour. We have another to take us to an hour and 20. And there you then go. we have a final like run to the end 17. We're, but we're being very efficient. <laughs> yeah. But here's the part where we start to pad out the episode. Um, yeah. I definitely, you can tell in my notes, I start off really upset with yet another clip show. But what this offers is very similar to the clip show that you did that we didn't realize until like very, very end that it was a lot of reused yeah. footage was that they use the fact that all this stuff is dubbed anyway to sort of mm-hmm. tell a new story with new dialogue. What the one that I'm watching does wrong that the one that you did the notes for did right was dub the dialogue in such a way that you could at least follow the story. What yeah. mine did right that yours did wrong is at least keep the story into a direct flowing narrative from one scene to the next. It just pieces them together improperly. So it's like a frantic, manic person who is in a deep Mm -hmm. manic state trying to explain to you what it was that was happening in a certain moment while they are filled with adrenaline. Like it just jumps. It's like a guy who's coked out of his mind is trying to tell you his idea for a movie. Yeah. Same thing. We're talking about the same person in the same frame of mind. (laughs) Manic state. No, no, you don't understand. So anyway, (laughs) you're not She's dressed. Listen, she's dressed like an airline stewardess, but she's actually a fucking spy. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to make so much fucking money. (laughs) It's just weird. Like some of the choices that they make are just definitely weird. And I just, I don't understand why they did what they did when they did what they did, but they did what they did and we have to deal with it. But they did it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, let's just go into it and just keep going. I'll try to explain what it is that I saw and what it is that they tried to tell me the story was, but folks, I got nothing. (laughs) I'm sorry. Folks, Court doesn't do cocaine, so he can't do this properly. (laughs) I am, however, chugging caffeine at an exorbitant rate today because one, I have the day off and it's early in the day still, and two, I needed something to get me going to want to be motivated for these last two Emmanuel films. (laughs) Yeah, right. So, you know, we're we're working on it. (laughs) All right, so the next 20 starts with Laura Jemser's character talking about how to dead drop the microfilm for the authorities and they do it and then drive off and then the film cuts to really distorted footage of an airplane in an airport for some reason then it cuts to Laura Jensen meeting with the Steve character on an island mission and Steve is dubious about all of this they drink to lovers it cuts to them fucking again this time Laura Jemsner is crying we've seen this sequence after her friend dies and he tries to pretend like it wasn't him and she knows that it is and she's setting him up and blah 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 
but she's trying to hide it. I think they're trying to make it look like she misses her spy friend who was actually her lover or the woman that she fell in love with maybe that was actually her lover now and she was agreed yeah, to go meet her in America. Like, what the fuck movie? Some weird ass shit going on. Movie doesn't really know. Yeah. It cuts from this to the live sex show the couple attended in its entirety as far as I can tell. That's the, it was like a black gentleman who is rather well endowed. He's doing pretty all right for himself. And then the lady who does a little strip tease and then performs oral on him and stuff. We saw that in one of Matt's <laughs> ones that he covered that we said was a clip show. That's the same sex yeah. show we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They cut from that for the next seduction plan, another dude in the organization. It cuts to that dude arriving by Jeep, which is yet another film and very different with clips taken out of it, basically saying that we heard about how lonely Laura Jemsner character is or something and how this dude is the leader of the organization. It's all mood as it's just a bit of tie these sort of sequences together and try to make you think that they're related, but they're not. So essentially, he's supposed to be her next target, even though he's not even really in this film. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> he's in this film, but it's not really this film. This film is somebody else's film. But it's, it's this, is, this is somebody else doing shit. Whatever. The woman from the club appears and tells him to come to the club, and it cuts to a dinner where the man's marriage is considered a problem, and he needs to fix it or whatever, but the lady that's at the dinner isn't his wife, but is pretending to be his wife, but is it his wife? Because we see him later on say that this other woman is his wife. The film doesn't explain it. It just, that's what happens. Maybe this guy has a lot of wives. Don't judge him well, for having wives. He's the leader of a evil conglomerate across the entirety of the nation. I am not that shocked. Oh, yeah, that's true. That Okay, judge him all you want. This guy seems like an asshole. <laughs> it cuts to this couple talking about the shock of their marriage, and it does not seem like it's happy because she seems like she's just treated like an object and she seems okay with this but then isn't okay with it but then kind of is he essentially is using her as a cum dumpster as far as she is concerned because the woman he really wants is a lesbian whom he can't have or something along those lines i forget exactly what it was that she said but it was just fucking weird whatever it was they were trying well, i mean it's i mean it's it's not good <laughs> not, not a good look for you bro yeah, yeah, fuck that dude. He's not, he's not doing right. She gets naked after he reassures her that that is not the case, and he's just basically gaslighting her to get some. And it cuts to her giving him a bath, then it cuts to her giving him a soapy handy in the shower, then it cuts to a couple dancing at a club. This may be another sex show because the lady starts to strip, and the Misha dude walks in and starts talking to George Eastman at the door, and apparently Eastman is a Russian defector or something along those lines who runs the club but is still the best spy in the world in his own mind. That's is according it, to the dialogue. Yeah. Is it just me? Or did we finally pick up the spy part of the movie again? I mean, I'm just saying. It, I, it, like for a while, when I was watching, like, did we just drop the whole spy thing? It's like done now, right? No, we're not, not going to worry about it anymore. Yeah, it's supposed to be Laura Jemsner undercover, but she's like a double agent who's supposed to be snuffing out other double agents. And what she's essentially doing is trying to get all the other agents in safely because this organization is slowly being dismantled and they're all panicking and supposed to be paranoid about it. Yet they immediately let a brand new strange woman in who just so happens to be good in bed to run things for them. And stuff seems to really start going awry once they let her in. But for some reason, she's still in. All right, then. Yeah. That's um, good, good for them. Yeah. Everybody else is suspect. She is supposed to be sussing out everybody else who has been in this organization forever and who has a lot more to lose if it falls apart. And yet they trust her as an outside. This is how business works, right? They bring in outside yeah. consultants and they always make it worse. Yeah, uh, of course. I don't work here. I'm a consultant. Consultant. <laughs> All right. So he is sent to shadow Laura Jemser, Eastman is, and to kind of find out what's going on with her and 
dig up and see who might actually be the agent. And then the film cuts to Laura Jensner dancing naked with a snake. And I am here for that shit all day. Yeah. Yeah. This ain't half bad, but I'm not even a big snake guy. <laughs> that dance routine sets us up to the end of the first hour. Well, there you go. All right. Let's pack it up and go home. See you guys later. Wait. Oh, <laughs> no, we have 30 more minutes left. Fuck. All right. All right it's fine. <laughs> 37 more minutes of, sh- of movie time. And then uh, we're only about 30 minutes into the show, not counting all of the dead space that we had to pause and all that stuff that's going to get cut out. Yeah. So, uh, I know we joke about how every week this might be the shortest show that we've ever done, but this this might be the shortest show we've ever done. Yeah, I've got really I've got about as much motivation to explain this story and write the notes about it as they did to edit it properly. The next hour picks up with Misha on the phone after the dance and talks about how he wants her now and they should meet. Then it cuts to an erotic massage of some sort when the dude gets a call that those folks are coming to visit. There are pleasantries and Laura Jemser's character goes to the sauna and then the blowjob scene from the source is played out for no reason other than they just wanted to add a blowjob scene. But it's supposed to be this person, Iris, who is working underneath this guy. So apparently he is a sexual harassing piece of shit. Yeah, well, of course he is. It's a Laura Jemser Emmanuel movie. And also he's supposed to be the leader of an evil organization and he must have debasement from his employees, I suppose. Or maybe he just likes to rape this Iris lady and force her to perform for him. I mean, it seems pretty on brand for CEOs. Oh, that's very true. All right. Uh, it cuts from this for no reason, once again, to Laura Jemser in the sauna, which I am not uh, angry at in any way, shape, or form. No. The woman laments what a pig her husband is to Laura Jemsner, and the pair throw down in the sauna. Specifically, Laura Jemsner goes down on the lady in the sauna. Not bad at all. No, no. It's a, it's a fun day for everyone involved. The only problem with it really for me is that it is intercut with that blowjob scene that we've already seen from earlier, and that seems just so uninvolved and sad, and it really kind of ruins the mood that you're getting in the sauna that you're actually enjoying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it, it, all right. Just concentrate. Just look. Almost put like on, uh, you know, just like horse blinders and just look at the shower scene or the sauna scene. I see. Scene, I mean. Yeah, yeah. If you're oh, looking for... I a, say, I say, I say. Yeah, if you're looking for a highlight reel and no plot, this film probably works for you pretty well in that case because that's... Exactly Watch it on mute. Is. You're all right. <laughs> so the cum shot happens as we'd seen before and then it cuts to... And that's in the blowjob scene. The cum shot happens, everybody... And then it cuts to Laura Jemser on the beach with the Iris lady that she is supposedly falling in love with now. And they talk about how dangerous Misha is, which is and why they actually work for him. The film cuts to the wife being visited by her husband, Misha, and she is apprehensive about him using her body. And then they discuss having Laura Jemser be put under control. Turns out that she's just fucking Laura Jemser to manipulate her and see how she's going. She goes to throw on a robe after she's getting naked while they're talking. He tosses her to the bed and then and starts fucking her with his walking stick. We've seen this before, but this time he drops down to go whistling in the dark, and that sequence goes on for quite some time as well. And holy shit, at least this has equal representation of oral being performed on people. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. People receiving oral. So that's good. We've at least gotten that going on in this sequence. And actually, the sequence where he's going down on her is actually filmed pretty erotically and pretty decent. I mean, it's it's not bad. The only problem that I have is the walking stick with the fucking her with the walking stick thing, because we already seen that. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't know, man, that just didn't seem right. (laughs) It cuts from this to Misha demanding that Iris work with Steve about the microfilm and that Laura Jemsner will become a bigger part of the organization. We've already bitched about that. With her help, he then demands yet another blowjob from Iris, and we have to watch that yet again. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this time when he hands her the microfilm, though, that's clearly fucking heroin. 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's all heroin. Yeah. It's not a microphone. It makes sense. Definitely that he, heroin. It makes sense that he wants a blowjob for heroin. That makes sense. Yeah. There are some that wouldn't make sense. There are dealers that, 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 that happens in the world. Yeah. There are <laughs> dealers that will make that trade with someone that they find attractive enough to or just one head from. That will happen. That's not that's not unheard of. But yeah, for yeah, a, yeah. A microfilm and for her to be doing this in the organization, it just makes him that much more dangerous and evil is what they're trying, but don't know if it works. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> it comes I'm not from, with it. It cuts from the blowjob to the ladies on the beach having breakfast and Iris is now leaving. And then it cuts to Laura Jemsner getting a handy on the beach as the two remaining women pounded out Oceanside. Not angry about that. Yeah, right. No, there ain't no ain't nothing wrong with that. That's uh, that's everyone's everyone's uh, on the up and up there having a good time. <laughs> it cuts from this to Laura Jemsner back at the snake dance club gig and trying to get info from Iris. She grabs what is supposed to be the microfilm, but is very clearly drugs. And that's Iris. She grabs that under the toilet tank. We've seen this before. And then it cuts from that to her and Laura Jemsner on the beach talking about this spycraft stuff. It cuts to Misha saying he does not trust her completely yet, but here are documents to take for the organization and she can prove herself here. Every time I mention that they're talking about spycraft stuff, I'm just going to basically state Laura Jemsner is basically telling everybody that she's meeting that the organization knows that they're doing something shady and they're in danger. She tells every yeah, single yeah. one of them. She fucks every single one of them that she comes across. And she- <laughs> everyone gets fucked and everyone gets warned. It seems like she's really doing like, you know, her country proud. I'm just saying she's 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 helping her fellow soldier. There's much worse things for someone in the CIA to be doing nefariously to try and bring down an yeah. organization. And Laura Jemsner's character, Mataharing her way through it is a neat idea. I just wish they would have actually shot a film doing it. It would have been so much better. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I hear you. Yeah. That's, that would have been nice. <laughs> All right. So it cuts to Misha saying he does not trust her completely yet. That is Laura Jemsner's character still, but here are documents to take for the organization so she can prove herself here. <laughs> Here, here, I don't trust you. Here are top secret documents, though, because, you know, fuck it. Yeah. And if you remember from the story with uh, getting revenge for the friend who died of a drug overdose, that was drugs in that case. And that's the same case. So we'll see yeah. that later where even more heroin pops up that we're supposed to believe is like powdered microfilm, I guess. Because powdered microfilm. I mean, don't you put your microfilm in powder? I mean, Jesus, Court, come on. <laughs> she takes off for this mission. And that is the end of the 80 minute mark. The rest is the run to the fucking end. And, and this is 38 minutes of time that we've recorded with all of the dropouts from Matt and me pausing and all of that stuff. So this will definitely be a short as fuck episode. It, 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 I mean, yeah, geez, unless you really pat it out with your story time. <laughs> oh, I mean, I got a lot of shit to talk about on that story time. So I guess we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See. All right. But that's the, the basic plot is essentially this. Laura Jemsner is that double agent, as we said. Every spycraft discussion is essentially her telling them they're in danger, but she likes fucking them and she wants to save them. I think she's getting all of these people to flip and then they are supposed to be disappeared. Hearing. Um, they get to the point now where we have just Iris left, who is um, in as much trouble right now as Laura Jemsner. They're both suspected. Laura Jemsner's character checks in every now and then with her, the end people that are supposed to be working with her. And we're supposed to be watching that and see what's going on as well. But there's a giant amount of stuff that they throw at us at the run uh, to the end to try and make sense. Yeah. And it literally goes up to the last minute where it's just finally, it just cuts. And if you're looking for any of this to make any sense at the very end, more than what I've tried to explain to you, that's just not going to happen. So that's it. Well, folks. Number one, if that's what you're looking for, how dare you? I mean, who, who do you think you are wanting things to make sense? How fucking dare you? I said it. All right. 
<laughs> I said it at the last break for sure. Um, and I, th- I said it a little bit earlier too, but I think the only reason that you would really want to watch this and the only reason that I would recommend this is if you wanted the mostly rape-free version of a lot of different sex scenes that were in rape-filled movies that Laura Jensner starred in, this might be the one for you. It's a little yeah. less uh, gross. It has a little bit more racism to it than some of the other ones, but that's only in the music. So if you can kind of get over the fact that, you know, times were different in the 80s when they made this and put that music in. I mean, like American films in the 80s did the same yeah. bullshit. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm looking dude, at you fucking John on. Hughes. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> let's just fucking knock this out and be done. What do you let's, think? Let's finish it up. I mean, you invoked the name John Hughes. We're all dead anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the run to the end begins with a cut to Laura Jemsner's character soothing the Iris character, helping her by stripping down while she talks and showering. Iris says she can't dance and that they are being watched more than likely. She finishes her sour as they speak of the danger. Emmanuel leaves the apartment despite how scared Iris is and it cuts back to her with Steve and he gives her a letter from the Russian spy. And I mean, Emmanuel Laura Jemser's character is who it gets this. Turns out yes. Iris is CIA, in fact, and is expected to be the mole that Laura Jemsner actually is. And he says he knows she prefers women, but that is what excites him. And he gets after it. But they cut before we actually see any sex between them. He just goes after her after doing this. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess that's what you do. They cut away to Misha on the beach with who I think is Iris. He says she is a traitor. It cuts to Laura Jemsner getting the call that Iris was killed. So it definitely was Iris, and it's with a drug overdose. Not a big shock there. And Laura Jemser gets to work looking for her in her white nightgown. She just stays in that outfit. And then she ends up finding her dead in the apartment with that staged overdose. Laura Jemser's character as always vows vengeance. Iris really was an agent, and LG fills in the boss on all of this and the hot shot that she was given to cause her death and the organization and everything that's going on so far. He says she's in too deep and they've almost got it wrapped up, so just wrap it up is essentially what he's saying and get out of safe as you can just just wrap it up i mean i think we're all talking to the movie right now wrap it up come on <laughs> lg is pretty much ordered to stay the course and she is not happy about that but she does it cuts from this to the organizations falling apart and misha is having a meltdown he gets a second call and now laura jemsner is on the hook along with steve laura jemsner has had her cover blown and they are on the hunt for her now as well oh she's part of the she's part of the problem <laughs> We see Misha checking out to flee. He ends up calling Inez, which is the woman earlier that we thought may have been his wife, but it isn't his wife. It's who he's cheating on his wife with, I suppose. It's just another excuse for them to meet on the beach and fuck, which we then get to see. They fuck on the beach on some driftwood. This was actually kind of an interesting uh, sequence that was actually relatively erotic, and they looked both really into it, so I'm okay with that, but it doesn't make any sense for your plot, and why do that now? Oh, right. Fuck film. That's why. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, it's fuck film. What do you want? (laughs) It cuts to Laura Jenser arriving to a building by car and then in a room with the drugs and the documents oh wait those aren't drugs those are supposed to be microfilm but it looks like drugs and then the documents it's microfilm this is how i don't know what you mean (laughs) this is how matt's filmed and she makes a call says that her mission is done to her director her director some some says some kind of jargon back to her that's supposed to make everything okay and that they're on the way to pick up everything and she's done really well laura jemser removes some of her makeup and then it just cuts to the word finn and they roll those fucking credits All right. 
so like I said, the actual plot line that they're trying to do, I would love to fucking see that. I really, truly would. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if they could do it right, it wouldn't be too bad. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what the fuck? I mean, I like the idea of Laura Jemsner doing a Matahari thing instead of just being a reporter. They did some of that with a few of the Emmanuel films where they tried to make her a spy as well, um, or some type of spy. And they do an excellent job of picking out some of the more interesting bits from some of the other movies that they probably still had the rights to, to, to do this with. And as far as some of these other kinds of uh, sequences or these types of movies that we've seen that are like just kind of re-edited together, we've definitely covered worse. Uh, there was that one film that we did on Outside the Cinema that was like a Sergio Martino collection of films uh, where they went to the island and it was like Atlantis and it was like a, a, a complete rehash of like two or three other films that they just kind of cut together and made no sense. Uh, and that yeah. was years ago. And that is literally all I remember about it was that it was part of their Sergio Martino, I think, and that it made absolutely no sense and was just, I think it was Island of the Fishmen or it was parts of Island of the Fishmen or whatever. I mean, this is par for the course with the Italians. They have more contempt for their audience than their audience has for themselves, I think. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I think it's just one of those things where they just kind of, they, they got to make a movie, man. They got to get a profit from this. And I don't blame low budget filmmakers from doing these kind of clip shows. I just want you to do them better. I mean, even Charles Band did a few clip show type movies that actually worked a little bit better than this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. You know why? He shot a few sequences to tie the stuff together. <laughs> <laughs> Just a few. I mean, it, it, he did the bare minimum. <laughs> no, this film did the absolute bare minimum. They just redubbed dialogue to tell a completely different story. Oh, I think this did below the bare minimum. <laughs> no, Matt, below the bare minimum is just collecting everything together on VHS. So you can jerk off to it and then pick up where you left off. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't know why you need to attack me like that, but uh, not, I don't know why you feel the need. Not you specifically. I'm talking about porn um, compilation videotapes that would oh, just circulate okay. around. Because it felt like you were attacking me personally. If you ever <laughs> made any of those kind of compilation tapes, I'm not attacking you. I'm just saying that that's what the editing was like. And why do gotcha. you think I know that type of compilation tape would exist, Matt? <laughs> all right, true. That's true. All right, that's true. All right, all right. I, I'm just saying, there was a time there where I felt like I was getting personally attacked. Oh, absolutely, absolutely not, sir. What you do with your own body and the things that you view to enjoy said body are all up to you. How you view them and how you arrange them so that you can view them as much as you want, totally fine. But I would say that um, every gentleman of a certain age has had one of those compilation tapes where they've recorded all of their favorite nude scenes or porn scenes or whatever and then just had a compilation jerk-off tape that they would pick up where they left off. I'm sure pretty much every guy has done that, whether they admit it or not. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fucking mini confessional story time right there in the review. This movie's fucking done. Let's uh, let's just fucking call it quits on this one, and we'll just do a story time yeah. and pat out while we can Let's get into story time. Yeah. All right. So on the Pirate Radio Edit, for those of you that are actually looking for something that, you know, maybe fits with the plot line of this film, I got the song Mission's Message from Throw Rag. It's the best I could do. And when we come back, we'll do some fucking story.
All right, so Mission's message actually does kind of fit. He does say secret, secret, secret a few times, and there was a whole lot of secrets that were being delivered, so I guess, yeah. right? <laughs> Lots of secrets. Yeah, well, one thing is not secret is what my story time is going to be about, so let's just jump into my story time. Story time! Story time! As I mentioned, uh, pretty much Arctic temperatures, not necessarily subarctic, but, you know, pretty cold, negative 20, negative 24, some call, some mm-hmm. parts of uh, Nebraska. I'm Luckily, where my house is, it wasn't quite that bad. Uh, it got down yeah. pretty bad, but pretty, but not quite that bad. When it got super, super cold, when it started dropping down, we had ice forming on the windows. I had a dehumidifier in the house that could take it down to like just below 30% relative humidity. And because it was getting so cold um, and, be, you know, it, it pulls all the relative humidity out to the coldest areas of the house and up against the wall. Uh, essentially, our house was built in 1959. There was no interior insulations in the wall. It's just air-gapped, like a lot of things yeah. that were built in that era. It wasn't until like the 70s, I think, they started putting insulation in the walls or maybe the 80s. I don't know exactly when, but I know for a fact that pretty much all the houses in my neighborhood are like this because my neighbor grew up in this neighborhood for pretty much his entire life and had told me that. Um, there were several areas of my house that I definitely found insulation problems, not only, but also airflow problems that I never knew were there before because it never got that cold. It actually yeah. got cold enough to make things shrink to where some of my seals on my door weren't working like they used to. The window panes were not being, you know, were transferring too much cold air. And essentially to try and keep my house like livable and to keep my cats safe, I had to try and get about a 60 to 70 degree temperature difference from the outside. And in order to be able to do that, I had to basically turn down the heat, but like to where I could actually keep it going without having to overtax the furnace and to deal with this. So Matt and I have been dealing with this for the last couple of days. But here's the part that really was bad. After Saturday night, I woke up and um, Bev had told me that one of our friends had one of their pipes freeze because it had gotten that cold for them and there was nothing they could do about it. We have pipes that go out just like everybody else for um, the taps for uh, garden hoses, right? Yeah. I can't drain those and I can't shut those off. I realize I don't have shutoff valves for those. And I also can't get to the store. And I know that there's a definite possibility that that would be a problem. And the reason that I find this is on our bedroom wall, there is ice forming on the actual wall itself. It's getting cold enough. And it's where I had a, I had stacks of clothes pushed up against the wall on like this end table thing that were right up yeah. against the wall. And it was insulating that cold from getting into the rest of the house, but it was also insulating that cold from getting heated up by our furnace. So all the moisture that was left in those clothes from the humidity in the air and such got pulled out of those clothes and froze them to the wall with like an ice patch. Yeah. I immediately thought, holy shit, that's where that water spigot is right around there somewhere on that wall. And I freaked the fuck out. I lost oh, my I'm sure. I panicked. I didn't know what to do. So I immediately went outside and checked to see if there was any signs of anything, which there wasn't. And then I looked up and I noticed, oh, that's where the power box is. So where our power comes into the house, where they have the meter and everything, and then they have the pipe that sticks up through the top of the house where they put the actual power line in into the house, that whole area is completely uninsulated. And yeah. the metal is conducting all of the fucking cold. And at some point, the the airflow is coming through there now too, because it got cold enough that it sh- either shrunk the metal to where what was sealed isn't sealed anymore, or it just, whatever, for whatever reason, there was airflow coming through that was never coming through before. So I have two different things that I have to deal with now that I'm freaking out about for sure. Um, we get the wall taken care of. We pull all the clothes out of there. I put them in baskets. We set them somewhere else for now. Um, there's a vent right there on that wall. It falls out. I scraped the ice off of it that formed over there because it just got that cold. 
There wasn't anything like permanent on damage to the drywall. It looks to me, and, and when I put my hand there and I could feel how cold it was, I could actually feel like the back of the meter, like the box, like right there on the drywall, essentially. Yeah. Like where there's no insulation. And so I thought about it when I went outside, I looked around and then I just basically went downstairs, pulled the ceiling out because there's like a section to do some utilitarian work. And I told my wife, I'm like, I don't know if this thing busted or not or why it's frozen or why, you know, it feels like there's water collected there. Um, I'm hoping it's not what I'm dreading that it is. If it is, you're going to have me come and run upstairs panicking and freaking out. If not, I'll text Mm -hmm. you. I'll text you that I found what the problem is and that I can fix it wherever this ice is coming from. And so I went downstairs, I pulled the panels off and I looked and up underneath the house um, between, now I don't know the term of it. I think it's like a sill board, but it's the part that sits on top of the cement blocks in your basement where they start putting the wood on top of that to build the frames. Um, There's like a piece of wood that goes to the outside um, that trims around that frame around the outside. It's sort of like a sheet but it's like a sill sheathing or something. I don't know what it's called. Anyway, that's where the water line goes through. And then right over top of my power box, there is a water line going right above that electrical junction. That can't be good. I'll have to get that changed, I'm sure, because I just found that. (laughs) Yeah, great. (laughs) Right where that electrical junction box comes in, there's a bunch of holes that were just allowing tons of cold air to come in. I put my hand on that metal pipe with water filled in it, and it was really cold. Not like freezing cold, but like you could tell that the air had been chilling that. So the night, had it gotten any colder, we probably would have had a burst pipe as well. And that would have ruined my theater room completely because that's where that power box is and that's where that water is and everything. So I got to get that fixed and taken care of. Um, What I did to deal with that is I have a bunch of cotton based, like a recycled cotton, heavily compressed insulation pieces that I bought to build a sound booth for Matt ages ago before COVID. And then we just decided not to do that after COVID. So Mm-hmm. Luckily, I had all of that left over. I immediately start shoving with chopsticks and whatever else I can every piece of that, like little chunks of that cotton into those holes as deep as I can, just to try and get as much up there and through that floor as I can. I try to seal it off to stop the airflow. I start ripping up chunks and wrapping them around the metal pipe <laughs> where, or, you know, around the, the three pipes that are coming in for the conduits where the airflow is coming in. I get the airflow to stop, but the pipes themselves, those conduits are just channeling so much cotton cold air and it's just radiating off of them. And I don't know what to do about that. So I just start building up a, like a nest of insulation around them, get them all covered as best I can. I get the airflow from the back of them to stop. And then I just put a big piece of like a whole piece of the based insulation, the cotton based, uh, recycled cotton based insulation. It's like gene waste recycled. And I push it up against those conduits. I get that airflow to stop and I'm feeling really good about it. And then I know I still have one piece left from the box that I opened up. So I put it on the other side of that other board where I have other entrances coming in, like wires and things like that. And I cut a line in it um, just to, I I cut like a little hole in it just to let, let some of the wires through with like a little slit to get to it tape that shut, seal everything off, kind of tape it off. This is all temporary, but uh, I open up the vent to let that stuff heat up. And um, then I immediately go upstairs and then Bev and I start making insulated cups to put over top of the uh, faucets on the outside. Have you ever seen those for homeowners out there? I don't know if you have, Matt. I don't think I have, no. Okay. So essentially, if you have the type of situation where I have, where you have a pipe like that, that goes to the outside without a kill valve on it so that you can drain it out so you don't have to worry about it freezing up. 
your next best solution for those kinds of spigots is to get like some type of insulating cup that sits over top of it and sits firm to it that helps keep it from getting too much cold air or letting cold air fall down on it or whatever. And it helps insulate it. So I yeah. took two or three pieces of insulation and Bev started cutting them up. And we basically of this cotton based insulation. And we took these like cottage cheese containers or something like that that were plastic. We lined the inside of it with foam and duct taped it in place or with not with the this insulation. Then we wrapped the outside of it with the insulation. I made sure that I kept the seams on opposite sides in case it would leak, put uh, insulation on the bottom, on the cup on both sides, and then just basically made one of those insulating cups ourselves. Look, one for each of the spigots. We, we spent some time doing this. I was doing all of mm-hmm. this yesterday instead of enjoying my Sunday with my wife. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> I got them outside. I got them duct taped in place. Um, so anyway, uh, a couple hours later, I go downstairs and double check that pipe where that air was hitting it uh, before from all of the leaking has now warmed up, but it's still relatively cold where it's leaking on the, where the where the actual pipe sticks out to the outside, you know, and I'm still a little bit concerned. So I just basically leave the vent open for a little bit more during the day. Uh, I came downstairs and I checked it today, right before we were recording, right before I did the notes and stuff like that. And uh, the coldest part of it is still just the part that's pointing out to the outside. But I think those insulating cups and all of that work that I just did really kind of helped. Um, that whole wall was fucking frozen just because the air was coming in and was just allowing yeah. it to draft through the entirety of the house. If I had, yeah. I usually keep um, like a spray foam, barrier foam or whatever to seal those kinds of cracks whenever they pop up. Because as a homeowner that does your own maintenance, you have to. It's just, that's what you got to do, you know, unless you can afford to pay it's, somebody else to do it. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, if you can do that, good for you. But uh uh, you know, not in our world. Uh. <laughs> right. So um, I need to get some more of that foam and then I'm going to permanently solve this problem with that foam uh, up in those areas and try and fill in as much of that wall as I possibly can. But as of right now, uh, I will say this, while you're surviving negative 19 plus degree temperatures, like even below negative 19 in some areas, you are going to find all the problems in your house where you have heat transfer issues right away. You are going to find oh, yeah. no problem. Yeah, this is when you'll find issues with your home, whether it's this or when it gets to being too hot, like those 100 plus degree days. And you find out if your air conditioner is worth the money you paid for it. <laughs> right. Now, I have a little bit of uh, savings that I have to build back up immediately after losing my job. That's actually not that big of a shock. I went a little while without without work. I didn't touch my severance package that I got as much as I possibly could, but that all went yeah. into my savings. So basically I just paid for the things that I had to pay until I got this new job. Um, I'm making pretty much after taxes the same amount of money as I was before. It works out pretty nice, actually. Oh, and, nice. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. And I like this new job a little bit more. Um, I don't like that I can't work remotely, but it's a higher purpose. Matt can attest. He knows what I'm doing and uh, he knows why yep. I'm happy that I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely have a higher purpose. And with those phrases, we just got to over an hour in the recording, which means we're going to jump to just under an hour, which means also whenever we pat it back out with all of the pieces and the full music and all of that kind of stuff, we should go to just over an hour. Unless you want to talk a little bit more about your terror of the freezing and we can do a little double story time to pat it. No, no, no. Because I have to have a story time next episode. So. Oh, so your horror of the freezing. Yeah. Not to mention. Yeah, I got some, I got some things going on. Yeah. Not to mention the fucking snow drifts that we had to deal with in all of that. Jesus Christ. Yeah, this is, I mean, Omaha's used to getting dumped on for snow and things like this, but this but is. we they, they say we haven't had weather like this. You only get weather like this like twice a decade. And and we've we've been due for a while. I think the last time I've seen cold, I haven't seen like this in a long, long time. Snow like we were getting, I haven't seen in like 2010. Yeah, I would say about 10 years or so. Yeah. But and the, it, the cold is, is different. Yeah. What I'm getting at as far as weather comes, uh, as far as weather goes is. 
is pay attention to when there's an El Nino or El Nina events. Nina is easier for us in winter. Yes. El Nino, pay attention to when El Nino shows up. That will be the heftier storms for the Midwest. Well, I'm talking about just in general. You need to know yeah. when those when those weather when events those are two are around. happening. Yes, because that's it, how, I mean, it fucks up all of your plans and everything. That's that you how the, the farmer's almanac figured out their shit before we knew what an El Nino or an El Nino was. The farmer's almanac pretty much just followed those same patterns. Yeah, and it's it is about once a decade that you can expect it, and uh, it's long enough for you to forget how bad it was the last time before it comes back around. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. let's uh, take the next break here. We will do the show housekeeping and uh, come back with the song from My Life with the Thrill Kill Cult, Dirty Little Secrets, which fits for this movie's plot, I suppose, as best as it can. And uh, then we'll close out this fucking show. If you've decided you can't get enough of the show and would like to check out more of it, we're available at legionpodcast.com. Just do a quick search for Cinema PsyOps or just enter this entire URL into your browser, www.legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops dash podcast also available along with all of the fellow legionnaires on the legion discord chat and now let's give you a rundown of the memes and how you're going to get them through cinema psyops the easiest place to go is to subscribe to our instagram feed which is our main meme repository at cinema underscore psyops or you could also follow the facebook page of cinema psyops because they are immediately posted there after they get posted to the instagram repository and you can also check out the Facebook group of Cinema Psyops and the memes are shared there. I am available on Facebook as Court Psyops because the memes are also shared there as well. Thanks for listening to the show. I still can't believe that you're subscribed to us or here every week just like us. they were trying to do but didn't deliver for us yeah right no shit <laughs> uh well you got to give me something to bounce off of here for me to be able to actually end the show so like oh. give me some kind of pablum that i can bounce off of to have a thing to say you know kick the fuck out of this week with you know something well i'm i'm just saying uh the one thing that's gonna go quick is a lot of shovels and then uh salt around at this time of year if you know what i mean while you're out there in this winter hellscape fucking hoarding your shovels and road salt kick the <laughs> that's fuck what they're doing out of this week and make it your bitch and enjoy Johnny Cash's one piece at a time while you do it.
You're a loser. 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 I want to know how you got my inner thoughts. I'm just sitting here hitting that button because of the exact same fucking thing, dude. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to hit the recording. Recording in progress. All right. And because I'm going to show you just how serious I am to get this shit done, I'm not going to get high for these two episodes while we're recording them. I'm going to wait till we're done. God damn. Look at that shit. Yeah. We got to get this done fucking efficiently because Jesus Christ, what a frozen tundra we were living in lately. Yes, we live in hot. <laughs> so it's nice that we're podcasting from hot. <laughs> We've already General Veers took the General or uh, Admiral Veers took the everybody uh, the ships or no it's uh Veers is the general. Uh fuck I fucked this up already. He took the ships on a light speed too quickly. <laughs> he thought surprise was wiser. He is as clumsy as he is stupid. <laughs> All right, are you happy now? You got some Star Wars quotes on the show. I did it. Feels, it feels good. Feels good. All right, so I'm up first with Emmanuel's perverse outburst, aka Emmanuel's clip shows of the previous movies that we've already watched. What a weird way to end. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I got something that's not even Emmanuel at all. Yeah. So uh, this is a weird set of endings. Let's just fucking go for it. I'm gonna play the theme just for you know chits and giggles, and also so I can uh, fill up my drink container with a pot that is rapidly growing warm. So three, two, one, let's get this going. Hey, I'm sorry, dude. Give me one second real quick. One I'm, second. I'm just going to do the notes. Fine. Go ahead. All right. This clip shows it's definitely the less gross one of the two. That's for sure. Yeah, I believe it. So yeah. <laughs> and sorry about that. <laughs> no worries. Sometimes duty even calls when you're supposed to have the day off. <laughs> then it cuts to LGS. This cuts from that to Laura Jensen's character meeting. Excuse me. Three, two. One. Hello. Hey, just keep jumping back in whenever I lose you, and we'll just go as I am. we can. Okay. I usually now, whenever I get tossed, I don't know why I'm getting tossed for some reason, but... Yeah, just, yeah. You're, are you on your phone on Wi-Fi, or are you on yeah. your... Okay. If need be, because I think... I don't know if it's my internet or not. My internet has been pretty solid um, since I... So is mine. Yeah, so I don't... It, but then, given the weather and the wind and things, who knows? So we'll just keep going as best as we can, and we'll just do outtakes whenever I lose you and bring you back, and then people will be impressed yeah. and we're able to keep with it. Uh, my thought was, <laughs> or the joke that I made was, um, I put as much effort into doing the notes and doing this show as they put into editing this movie. That was my joke. Oh, okay, gotcha. If you want to react to it before we move on. Uh, I mean, well, yeah, I, I got nothing right now. Fuck, that that kick just took me right out of it. Fuck me. <laughs> keep going. Fuck. Yeah, we'll just keep going then, because you're about as motivated as I am. <laughs> I'm motivated, but when you get kicked right out, when right in the middle of saying something, then it just loses all its muster. Yeah, that's fair. Back? You're muted. And so I joined on my data now. Okay, you're back again. Let's see. Yeah, I'm back again. We'll see if my Wi Fi is being a bitch. Yeah, it's possible. It's happened before. Um, but at least on your phone, we can be on your data. So that's good. Uh, yeah. I can't remember exactly what the joke I was. Oh, uh, I made a reference to at least with this sequence. So far, we've gotten equal representation of oral. Hey, it might be my internet. Fuck. I don't know. No, 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 no. I, maybe uh, I think I bought my phone. I'm not wondering if it's not the cord connection to everything. I'm trying to be careful now. Okay. All right. So. Go ahead. I mean, we, we went the longest route. <laughs> I just lost you again. Jesus. You back? I'm back. Okay. Don't Shit. touch the phone and let me just do this. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So.
there in this winter hellscape fucking hoarding your shovels and road salt. Kick the <laughs> fuck doing. out of this week and make it your bitch. And enjoy Johnny Cash's one piece at a time while you do it. <laughs> Uh, I know it's about cars, but that still works, right? <laughs> no, no, that's a guy. Uh, fuck it. I almost didn't want you to stop it. <laughs> yeah, but then we can't take the break to finish this shit out, right? That's uh, that's true. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to stop the recording. We're going to take the break, and we'll come back and have your notes right after this. Recording stopped.